1: See. really long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. I
0: reckon you, you, you rock that, man. You kind of got, like, the man bun look going. Oh, man. I think Em will, you know... I, I think but that hit, we had a record. Written. We should be recording this. We are recording oh, this. Oh, we are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think um, Em had something written into our, ma- our, like, marriage contract that if I grew my hair out to a man bun again, she'd divorce me. You know? Oh, what? Well,
1: you should get that clause taken out. No, she told me um,
0: that I had to cut my man bun for the wedding. Which, look, I think I, was a good call. I can respect that. You look, know... Yeah, you don't want to look back on wedding photos <laughs> and think, oh, gosh, I wish I'd cut my hair. Well, you know when you look at photos of married couple from the 80s and the groom's got a mullet and a handlebar mo? Yep. That's the man bun. Like, people are going to look back at wedding photos of the groom with a man bun in 20 years' time mm. and be like, Ah, that's right. <laughs> the, the, the tens.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, it does suck. Yeah, from the angle, I'm, the angle I'm at with you, like, I mean, you new glasses. It yeah, just yeah, looks yeah. like the man bun would really suit you. All right. But the, well, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, I should write into your employment contract to you yeah, know. Be, to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to have a man buzz. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, i it's yeah, in my yeah. contract. Yeah, you know? what's
0: um the um uh oh, I've had a Nazarene. Uh, the Nazarene, <laughs> Nazarene vow. Vow. <laughs> <laughs> I need to grow out my hair. It's <laughs> 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 part of my contract. Uh, you know, you gotta give that's up right. wine and yeah. all that and fast, yeah. Yeah. So probably pass, but <laughs> <laughs> Um so yep. everyone's just like desperately wanting to know. How how the parallel bars going? <laughs> um, we, we left we left our listeners on a cliffhanger a cliffhanger last year, bars. We thought all these well. things that were going to be these gifts that were yeah, coming in for Christmas. Forgotten about that? How are they um, going?
1: They are going very well. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, I have been using them.
1: I got two parallel sets of parallel bars. Two. So is that four? I have four in yeah, total. Four. So yeah. my father-in-law overheard that I wanted a pair, and oh, he no. went and made some for me for Christmas. Made some. He made yeah. some out of wood, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and then I bought. So his ones actually work well for like uh, push-ups, like yep. elevated push-ups, yep, yep, yep. and the parallel bars that I got work well for um, doing like more burpee kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got. It's a, I got so
0: a, cute that he
1: made you. Yeah, bars. actually, he made me um recently a bike rack because we've been cleaning really? out stuff, and so we needed it. Rach just said, "Oh, Dad, can you make me to like a bike
0: storage? Yeah, thing to so." That's so oh, cute, dude. man. Yeah, no, I, I, I so wish I was handy. Like I know yeah. that it's just, you know, if you commit yourself to anything, you could do it. But I do like see someone like that who can make practical things. You're like, oh, man, it'd be so nice to not have to go to IKEA for every <laughs> small piece <laughs> of, of of racking and mm, shelving yes. and everything. Right. That's so cool, man. Mm. And then, how was your kind of time away? You guys got away yeah, for a little man. bit up in yeah. Queensland. Yeah, it was lovely. It's um. I don't know if you find this on holidays. It goes really slow, but mm. also really
1: quick. Yeah. And so it felt like we we're gone for ages, mm. but then we got back. We're like, oh, it feels like we like literally mm. just left. So mm. yeah, it was good. Mm. We just hung out with Rachel's extended family. Spent lots of time at the beach.
0: Nice. Yeah. So that's good. Are you a, are you a body basher? What's your what's your go? You got your boogie board up uh. on the roof racks.
1: Yeah, look. Doing I used to do that stuff. Yeah,
0: um, with the kids, not yeah. so much. We go to beaches that <laughs> are really quiet. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. no waves. Yeah, we T- take we took George to Balmoral for the first time ever. And I was like, okay, Em, like, you quickly hold him and I'll actually swim out, like, past chest level and, like, have a swim. Swim So I used to do nippers. I, like, love the beach. But, yeah, when you've got, like, a one-year-old, it's not exactly conducive to, like, swimming out into the deep waters with him.
1: (laughs) And my kids are a little bit frightened of the water. So they're not super water confident. So they wouldn't actually go out with me. So they're happy just splashing, kind of going up to, like, you know, knee depth. But past it, they're like, no.
0: Look, if you're going to have it one way, you kind of would prefer kids that are a bit wary of the ocean. Yeah, I was the opposite. I was like, a man. I'd jump in and yeah. like So, yeah, my yeah. nun and pop said, No more taking you to the beach. We refused because I'd just like keep on going out. It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> so I um had a bit of a devastating sort of uh, situation with the bucket hat for Chrissy. Oh, no. So, we like went to the shop and like Em had finally given in I was like, Okay, cool. We're going to like get your bucket, bucket hat. hat. It's going to be great. They don't really make bucket hats for my head size. Do you have a large head? I have a big head. I, I can't tell. My, my head is technically a bucket. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was kind of like trying on all these hats and just I had this image in my head and none of them were anywhere close to fulfilling this yeah. image. So, M ended up winning. But I did buy a hat that you had the pleasure of seeing at George's first birthday. Yes. A yes. No, Miami Dolphins hat. Yes, that's paradise. right. So. I
1: can't rock those hats my ears. Like, I I always want the idea of wearing, like I said, baseball-style caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ears, like, for the listener, they go out like this when I wear them, and they push
0: out. Push it out. Push push it much? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's silly. It is so Uh, funny, the things that we notice. I'm sure no one else would think that uh, if you wore it. Well, it was a very exciting service on Sunday, and I think one that uh, a lot of people were really intrigued Mm. by uh, and excited by, hopefully. Um, Obviously, the sort of the vision of Steadfast Mm. for 2023. And I want to kind of get into that in a little bit. Mm. But I suppose maybe, um, yeah, maybe actually the first question that I'd love to ask Mm. is obviously this, this word steadfast mm. and um, it's obviously playing off that passage in Hebrews 6: 18 mm. to19 our, our hope is an anchor. Mm-hmm. for you uh, as a senior pastor and as someone who's discerning mm-hmm. God's voice and God's will um, how, how do you sort of come to a place where you're like okay this is the word that I believe God's mm. putting on on my heart for the church yeah. for 2023 What's your is process? That...
1: I guess that the long story is is it around our small group questions often a theme came up about being a bold Christian mm. in the workplace. It came up time and time again when we're going through the Book of Romans, and then uh, uh, Pastor McNeese there's always challenges that mm. came up. And so as I was praying it was towards about late October, early November, just for what yeah what direction to be kind of aiming for, and just this idea came up about steadfast Mm. and i was quite challenged one night after a bit of a rough night about how jesus like suffered and like here the book of hebrews like talks about that a lot i um yeah i'll I'll pull up the passage here Hebrews chapter two um where yeah jesus was made fully human and it said um I guess it's so ch- Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and, all, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he was able to help those who were being tempted. Mm. And I just found that, like, oh, that's really what the book of Hebrews is about. It's about being a church that's anchored, that's steadfast, mm. and sure in their faith and mm. So I felt with the culture, with the post-Christian culture in Australia, um, yeah, a lot of histi- hostility for people for traditional sort of religion, mm. to use that umbrella term, so to speak. Mm. And I, I just know for Christians in a lot of workplaces, there is, I think, this pressure to compromise. Mm. Like there's yeah, certain political ideologies or yeah mm. movements which really mm. Like yeah, particularly LGBTI. If you're kind of not wearing a rainbow, it's quite mm. yeah you are shunned. You mm. could potentially lose your job. And so yeah. being a Christian, that to to yeah to be bold, that takes a lot more mm. courage now. And so that's where the idea is. I actually, instead of sort of shying away, we need to be mm. bolder. We need to be steadfast. Mm. And so I felt that that was yeah where what the church needs as a whole and Mm. what we need here at the centre if we are serious and that was our whole mission was making Jesus centre if we Mm. are serious about the Great Commission then we need to be steadfast Mm. Uh, there's nothing worse for a church that just focuses on itself Mm. it's a little might as well just be a social club with a chaplain to quote yeah. Keith Jobbins, I love <laughs> that quote. He, <laughs> that's, just be a rotary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like uh, it's. Uh, I think that, and sadly, there are some Christians mm. that just think that yeah. way. It's mm. that, well, Yeah, I just want a little club I rock up to on a Sunday morning. Yeah. We sing a few songs. We hear a message which goes for a certain time frame. Mm. And that's kind of, it. that's my Christian mm. expression. And then throughout the week, we just kind of live lives. Mm. Not a bad, not bad, not good, just sort of, and then where, like, Jesus calls us for yeah. quite a radical lifestyle. Mm. And, yeah, Hebrews just does that so magnificently. Mm. For And written to, like, it's what I love about Hebrews. It's a letter sermon. So it's sort of got the hallmarks of this just wonderfully written Greek. Actually, mm. in Greek, I'll talk about it on Sunday, but, like, it's all alliterates and all starts with the same, mm. like, what, with the same Yeah, the same, it, like, yeah, letter. Yeah yeah, yeah, letter yeah, 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 it's just like, so it really, like, plays off the tongue when you're reading it and so it really just hammers home like Jesus is greater and that was the Mm. I guess that's the question I asked on Sunday is Jesus your anchor and Mm. while the anchor only appears once in Hebrews it's Mm. just such a powerful Mm. image yeah it really helps just solidify the whole book It just represents the book like Jesus being an anchor because if you believe Jesus is greater than well the context of the book angels Torah Moses Joshua Mm. rest Mm. Tabernacle, priesthood and sacrifices yeah. And you're like, well, it doesn't matter I'm willing That's what Hebrews 11 unpacks like, Hey, like you guys actually You suffered heaps when you first came to faith Remember that Yeah. And he goes like, Hey, look at the heroes of our faith mm-hmm. Of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, mm. all of them They didn't see what was promised of them So mm. keep going And mm. that's faster Sometimes we can sort of forget that Mm. And yeah, just like that. And that's just one example of that chapter too. Like, you know, he himself, yeah, suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. And that, you know, also talks about, you know, we don't have a high priest that's unable to you know, mm. empathize with our weaknesses, but always was tempted as we are, yet without sin. And it's like, mm. yeah, Jesus understands this. Jesus understands the trials and temptations. And like I say on Sunday, the book was written... In a context for Jewish Christians, you know, that's probably yeah. yeah I don't know. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe you are <laughs> <laughs> tempted, um, Murray, to you know revert to Judaism and start <laughs> sacrificing. Yeah. But, um, Look,
0: there's there's one tradition <laughs> that I'm very okay to not subscribe to, which I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it disables well. me from being part yeah. of the Jewish community, <laughs> the Jewish male community. <laughs> but
1: um, yeah, yeah, like, and so while it was written for that context and that situation, you can see the transferability to us is that we place anchors mm. in other things in other bedrocks which mm. aren't jesus and mm. so we do yeah again it's from chapter two there i thought we must pay careful attention to what we have heard so we do not drift away uh, and drifting in greek is often used for like a nautical imagery just Yeah, just the boat just yeah yeah and yeah. drifting i think what's scary about drifting is it's not like when a big storm's coming you know you, it you, you bunker down you, yeah. if you've got a boat you make sure that anchor it's moored up Yeah. but yeah when it's a nice sunny day and there's a little breeze it's easy mm. to sort of forget that and then mm. yeah, an hour later oh we've actually drifted off. <laughs> yeah, and haven't noticed. Yeah. And I think even,
0: the, you know, if you don't have a boat, people have definitely had the experience just at the beach. Suddenly mm. you're outside the flags because you don't keep on going, looking yeah. back to, hey, like mm. what's what's the boundary marker? Where's Where am I supposed to be? Where's yeah. the safe zone here?
1: So, I, so all that was, I guess, the background behind... Steadfast, yeah. Love that. Church, I, I love that.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to quickly uh, go on a tangent for mm. a second. You said something really interesting that um, we can make the mistake of viewing church as a social club. Mm. Um, and I, I, was, I was just kind of thinking of like social clubs. I was thinking like an RSL or a Rotary or mm. a White Line, and ironically, like all of those social clubs are somewhat intrinsically defined in part by the social work that they do outside mm. of their. Group, yep. And it kind of, I don't know, it was just making me think, like it's almost like this this, this natural organic thing that is supposed to happen mm-hmm. when people collaboratively come together, that they need something greater than themselves, yeah. um, not just to believe in, but to work towards. Mm. I think that's really interesting yeah. that even sort of a secular um, idea of a social group has inevitably latched onto that because that's the way mm. that maybe god has programmed yeah, us that humans are needs, yeah yeah we need something bigger that's really really interesting mm. i'd love to um you've kind of spoken a bit about the context of hebrews mm. already but i'd love you just to go a little bit deeper about for you know this sort of hebrew who was who was hearing this mm. letter read out for the first time what do we sort of imagine their life would have in a very real way looked like yeah. from day to day so actually, that's a great question. Um, the In the NIV application commentary,
1: mm. the Hebrews one, um, in the introduction, there's a fake story of a guy called Antonius. Mm. So this is um, George Gunther's commentary. And he just, I won't read the whole story, but basically this guy, Antonius, in inverted commas, is mm-hmm. just describe him sitting at home really lonely because he's left his Jewish family, mm-hmm. his community. He's been ostracized, mm. isolated. Now he's lost his plum job in his Jewish community. He's now working for some fruit seller, a Roman who bags on him for, you know, being a Christian. Mm-hmm. He's treated poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in his mind, Antonius's mind he goes, Oh, maybe I should revert back and then sure. like the story ends with him going, Oh, Antonius hasn't been to church for a few weeks but he's heard that some there's a letter from that's been delivered to the church, and people are excited, so oh, maybe I'll come along and hear what it has to say. And mm. so that's a great just little illustration to kind of get into our mind, perhaps what was yeah. going through the Jewish community. We yeah. are kind of piecing together clues like from internal evidence. Yeah, sure. And so chapter 13 kind of gives us a few more clues. It seems that a fear potentially might've been, there was no forgiveness. So. That Jesus' like ongoing forgiveness, the need for ongoing forgiveness. So mm. um, some commentators suspect that it w- letter might have been in Rome. So they weren't Jews in Jerusalem. Because they don't really know the date. We're just speculating here. Sure. But it seems like they're not Jews that are living in Jerusalem. Because there's no mention of the temple. It's only tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And so Jews who are living outside Jerusalem would go to the synagogue mm-hmm. and... What would happen each Sabbath is that a sacrifice was offered on behalf of all Jews. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter if you're in Jerusalem there or not. It didn't matter if you're living in the our crossroad empire. There was a sacrifice. The high priest offering a sacrifice weekly on your behalf for mm. forgiveness of sins. And so you'd mm. go to synagogue and eat a meal, mm. and it would remind you of that, that mm. the high priest is offering that sacrifice. So Yahweh will forgive your sins. Mm. And so that's sort of one theory that perhaps is based on chapter 10 because it talks a bit about yeah, meals and sure. all this and that and yeah that idea While well, perhaps they're thinking Jesus isn't enough that mm. oh okay well maybe I need to keep going back to synagogue maybe I need to keep offering mm. sacrifices getting I'm not forgiven it needs to keep happening on again and again because Hebrews goes on about how Jesus entered into that high place once and that's yeah. it no more sacrifices because he's sinless he's in heaven that tabernacle is just a shadow of Mm. what heaven is Jesus has gone into heaven so Mm. therefore no more sacrifices Mm. need to be made so that's Mm. one element of course like any community that goes against not just you know 10 years of tradition like we're talking like centuries of tradition to go against that that's huge you're going to be rejected and isolated which is what Jesus promised so there'd be element of that. There's also depending on when the letter was written if it was before 70 AD when Jerusalem fell because Judaism was protected under Roman law so you could practice Judaism freely without offering you know, sacrifices to the Roman gods. It's like well Christianity didn't have such protection so there's a whole raft of different yeah. reasons from you know family, social jobs, mm. just yeah unsure about your eternal salvation your yeah. status before yeah, yeah, yeah. god so yeah these are all just kind of guesses that we're mm. making based off the internal evidence of the argument from mm. hebrews so yeah but yeah check it out hebrews commentary the niv application commentary that story <laughs> i'm sure you all will know <laughs> yeah i know you'll, you'll
0: rush to Kurong and buy one just to read um so we've kind of covered who it's written to mm. Maybe the most loaded question that you can ask about the Book of Hebrews: Who's it written by? Ah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a debate. So we don't know. We don't no. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luther reckoned it was Apollo. Apollo. Apollo, Apollo? Yeah, Apollos because yeah. he was train in rhetoric. Some people think it was Luke, mm. like the Gospel for Luke. Some think it was Paul. Mm. Some think it might have been Priscilla, because it was unnamed. Yeah, yeah. just don't know. Yeah, yeah um, and it yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah, more, yeah. Like,
0: At the end of the day, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's it's something we've spoken about before about you know, this um, cultural um, need in our Western, Mm. you know, modern thought to attribute things to certain people Mm. that it adds legitimacy and authenticity, and just that that was not really seen as important, Um, and also in some ways seen as quite braggadocious to Mm. sort of. I don't know, put yourself, you know, as as this thing all the time. And, yeah, there was some humility and and spirituality. And also, yeah, any of the perks, I suppose, of identifying who Mm. wrote the letter weren't necessarily the same as they would have Mm. been seen today. Because one of the things that's different about Hebrews to other New Testament letters, there's no greeting.
1: Like, Mm. say when Paul writes weird says, so I, Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, writes to you. you know, the Church mm. at Ephesus, Church at Corinth, or Galatia. He, Hebrews is just like, long ago God spoke to our fathers, mm. to the prophets, and these last days he's spoken to us through a son. Mm. That's how he begins the letter.
0: Mm. It's just like, bam. So no introduction, yeah. just... Yeah. Straight into it. Preaching the gospel. It is interesting. Like, it almost breaks the structural rule of, mm. like, epistles in yeah. the Bible. It is, like, a, it is quite a unique yeah. thing to note. And right. then, so I suppose for us, um, we're kind of going into. Hebrews obviously as as a series, Mm. as our first series of the year. Um, What are some things outside of what we've already mentioned that kind of excite you about Hebrews? What do you kind of love? What are some bigger themes outside of, you know, steadfastness Mm. and outside of um, maybe a lot of theology that is framed with a Jewish mindset? Mm. Um, What are some things just when you think about the book of Hebrews that you're excited to jump into? the 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 constant refrain of today if you mm.
1: hear his voice do not harden your heart and mm. so we get a great snapshot into how uh, yeah what what commentators call second temple judaism how it was read like the interpretative like wow mid mid midrash midrash that's what I wanted that's the way that how Jews would interpret scripture mm. and so we get a great little snapshot of how a new testament Jewish background believer view scripture mm. and that uh, so Psalm 95 was written as like describing the events that happened with the wilderness generation so the people who complained about lack of food or water or those that didn't believe Joshua and Caleb entering the promised land and so he's sort of writing it as like hey they were an example to you now the author of Psalm 95 is writing it, it's like today hey you guys and now The author of Hebrews is saying, today, 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 it's still relevant. And there's that classic verse in Hebrews, like the 412, the word of God is living in active sharp and any two-edged sword. And that's tied in the idea of today, like scripture is ongoing. And even how the author quotes, he goes, it's written somewhere, as the Holy Spirit says, he doesn't actually go, oh, as David says, or as blah 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 says he always says as the Holy Spirit says or as it's written somewhere this idea that it's God's words, not an author like some author yeah. who's made up this is God speaking yeah. and it's still relevant today yeah and so if you hear his voice today if you're in this congregation listening to this letter mm. you need to hear his voice and not harden mm. your heart and so it shows that this inside of God's word is just ongoing mm. it's still living yeah. and active and so I'm excited about is to just sort of go through that more to see that scripture yeah. Yeah, scripture doesn't address all life's issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't Google a Bible verse on emotional intelligence or how to fix a car, but what it, what it does do is it gives us God's word mm. and we need to listen to it yeah. and be obedient to it. So yeah. if you're hearing his voice today, don't harden your heart. And that's what mm. I'm excited about going through it. It's sort of, you get Old Testament sort of context in like a warning not to drift away or hardening hearts mm. or... All that. And so part of that is you get theology, but mixed in with something practical. I think mm. that's important. That's yeah. the, I suppose that's what Jesus did. He, yeah. Theology was, you know, Yeah. sign, deed, action. And yeah. so that's what Hebrews is tapping into, too. It's not just head knowledge, it has to have action
0: behind it. Mm. It's really interesting how you kind of mention, um, even within the letter, the author's, I don't know, um, so- somewhat intentional choice to not attribute. Certain um, quotes or scripture to a specific Mm. person that kind of aligns quite cleanly with him, himself, or her, herself, herself, maybe, not attributing the letter itself to the author. Um, Just, I I feel like maybe this year we need to introduce a a new sound effect, which is just (laughs) a nerd alert. Um, (laughs) Can you, in layman's terms, unpack uh, what a a Jewish midrash is? So, a midrash was a way of interpreting scripture. Sure. And so it
1: was. yeah, so you can... It, almost like a commentary. Sure. So it's how rabbis would interpret Scripture. That's sure. The, that's the layman's term. Yeah. It, is an interpretation of Scripture. Yeah. And what's... Yeah, interesting is you... Almost from our point of view, how, like, say, Paul or other New Testament authors use Scripture, you're like, wow, that's not the context behind it. That goes against... But it's how they would view, view Scripture. They saw it as, like, relevant... Like events that happened in the past Mm. still have relevance for us today. And so they might Mm. take a verse that doesn't seem like, oh, the context behind that doesn't fit what you're doing here. But that didn't seem to worry them because Mm. they're like, oh, you know, that's what matters. This is all that matters is like using this verse as God's word and this is how we can use it for this Mm. situation here.
0: So why do people get so um, hell-bent, for lack of a better word, on things being in context Mm. today? I don't know, actually. Well, a classic example. It's not
1: related to Hebrews, but um, Matthew seven fourteen. Behold, the virgin shall, shall conceive and give birth to a son. They yeah. shall call him Emmanuel. Now, you read Isaiah chapter 7, and the context is um, Aram. So Syria, this gets confusing, Got Syria and Israel form an alliance to fight against the Assyrians, who are the superpower of the day. So two smaller nations are kind of mm. banding together to try to stop the superpower Assyria. Mm. And Israel and Aram want Judah to join their little coalition. And Mm -hmm. Judah's like, nah. King Ahab's like, nah, I'm not joining you. And so in Isaiah 7, Isaiah goes to this well and sees Ahab. And they're getting ready for this attack by Israel and Aram. And he's getting ready. And Isaiah says to Ahab, you know, ask for a sign. He goes, oh, I don't want to put the Lord to the test. And Isaiah's like, hey, here's your sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son you call Emmanuel. And before the child knows right from wrong the the kings that you fear will basically be wiped away mm-hmm. so comedic it context is the birth of a literal child called Emmanuel mm. who's a sign that Israel and the Aram alliance won't defeat Judah mm. now Matthew takes that verse and applies it to Jesus And so yeah. you get to Bible yeah. college and like oh, like so yeah. but Matthew's able to look beyond that and say well there was a virgin because even the word virgin it's a little bit controversial can mean like a woman of marital age not mm-hmm. like it can mean virgin but it also means a woman of marital mm-hmm. age so yeah, that's yeah. a bit of a yeah. massive tangent for how Yeah. like so it gives us insight into how mm. like, like second temple judaism mm. saw the old testament how mm. the mm. early church applied scripture using kind of the same mm. mindset mm. using passages mm. from our point of view may not fit the context but they mm. That's not how they saw scripture mm. that way, and so, mm. which challenges us. It' like, well, if this is how they read scripture, and we see the New Testament as inspired. Then maybe we need to eat some humble pie <laughs> and learn from our mm. forefathers who interpreted the Bible this way.
0: So, mm. yeah. yeah, no, I, I definitely think that um, it's a different way to engage with scripture to mm. what most of us would understand it to yeah. be. Um, yeah, like I don't know what to do with it. It's yeah. it's a tricky thing. Mm. Um but I think it is something interesting to consider. That yeah, maybe almost there's more there's more breath, there's more space mm. in scripture and it's more fluid and living and mm. active um and versatile than what we can sometimes limit it to. Yeah. Um, And I think like a big part of that Mm. is just like looking at Hebrews or any Mm. part of the Bible. It's like, okay, cool. That's what it meant for those people. But also having a belief that it actually has practical application for me today may not be the exact same Mm. application. Yeah, yeah, it's really fascinating. So I want to sort of um, unpack a bit. There was obviously this this word of steadfast, um, mm. this this passage and of, from Hebrews and this image of an anchor. Mm. Um, but within that, there was sort of a larger mission, vision, mm. values. Um, and you sort of mentioned this Q2 meeting, yeah. which sounds like kind of code. If maybe you code. missed one of Brian's sermons on pruning time, you know, yeah. six months ago. Um, did you want to unpack yeah. first why they're called Q2, Q2 oh, All <laughs> right, so, um,
1: so Q2 comes from Stephen Covey. I think that's how you say his name. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he has a, a grid, Q1 to Q4. And so Q1 is urgent and important. Just needs to be done now. Q2 is not urgent but important. Uh, Q3 is uh, not important but urgent. And then Q4 is not urgent, not urgent important cool so that kind of gives you and so q2 it's not urgent but it's important and so it's the exactly. name we called for our strategy strategic yeah. planning meetings yeah. so it's stuff that like long vision yeah but doesn't need to be
0: solved tomorrow yeah i'm planning it unfortunately i'm sure a lot of people would appreciate that the urgent things by their very nature yeah get addressed <laughs> yes <laughs> and then it's easy in all of that to yeah. not address the things that are important yeah. and not urgent so, um, so Q2 is an opportunity for mm-hmm. us as a pastoral team with Craig to yep. yeah explore more of those things yeah. which has been really and probably
1: great. The, I, I say pastoral team but that includes Lucinda yeah I don't know if people, sometimes I, think, I, I oh. include her. <laughs> I include her too, yeah, but yeah, people may not. They might just think you, me, Brian and Craig yeah. actually includes Lucinda yeah. as well. So yeah. a Q1 meeting would be, I think a good example, our two o'clock Friday meetings where we meet as a whole team. So pastors, managers, yeah, it's Lindsay, yeah. like everyone. So everyone yeah. who works at the centre yeah. and we kind of go through the weekly calendar and it's like, oh, this needs to be solved that's more Q1. Yeah, it's like urgent, and important. Mm-hmm. Like I think of there's one meeting we had, and we realized that we weren't ready for the ACC to come. I'm mm. Not coming on Monday, so it's mm. sort of like that's more a Q1. It's where like yeah, and so unfortunately, yeah, some people often operate in that space. It's always like urgent and important; it just needs to yeah. be solved now. Yeah, but we want to, in order to actually have good planning and good strategy. And, and I think this is um, yeah. Look. <laughs> Yeah, some people get really uncomfortable with the idea of running a church this way but yeah I would say like God has gifted people for strategy and it's mm. in partnership with him and good planning and like yeah. we we'll probably certainly talk a lot about the advantage of planning and having you know foresight and mm. and for us I see that as like the, the better, well there's an old business motto, businesses don't plan to fail, they fail to plan mm. and so if you just kind of just go on by the seat of your pants and just keep doing what you're doing and not critically evaluating things, you sort of just end up, well, use Hebrew's language, just drifting. You're just drifting along and not going to go anywhere. So so that is what Q2 stands for. Mm. It's our not urgent, but they're our
0: important meetings. Cool. And then in that, obviously, we've got all these people in a room Mm. kind of looking at the year ahead. Um, It was kind of cool for me. Like I did feel like there was a... um, very much an ownership and a, and a collaboration mm. i think sometimes it can almost um just kind of going back to my theater days almost be a mistake sometimes to try to attribute any one thing to any one person because oh. i think the recognition from a sort of um devised theater piece mm. or whatever it's like well if if those five or however many people weren't in the room together the same ideas wouldn't have come no. up kind of thing
1: like so I like, can i think back so the idea of making Jesus the center. Mm. That was sort of my idea. And I thought it was really lame. Mm. I was like, oh, like, we were kind of going through the mission, vision. I gave you all an article, which was called The Strategy Stairway of mm. the Importance of Looking, Setting a Clear Mission, and mm. having, yeah, like your statement, your programs, and your, all, all all like that stuff. Mm. And I said, look, I think a good mission statement, making Jesus center, is that too lame? And you guys like, no, 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 that's good. So yeah. like, even though it was my idea, I felt like, yeah. Like, you guys, like, bought into it too. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't just, here's what we're doing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the vision statement, it was Lucinda, Craig, and I won Q T meeting. Like, we came up with it. Craig came up with a goal. It was his idea, which I can't remember the exact wording of it, but, you know, mm-hmm. merging, like, joining the sports and the church community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he worded it really well. Mm-hmm. And then, well, how are we going to measure that? And Lucinda's like, oh, why don't we have play and pray and... They said, oh, we should have peas. And it was like, Mm. oh. And so we all kind of came up with that. Yeah. Yeah. And the centered for the values, that was Brian's idea. Yeah. yeah. Because I had like, oh, here's just some values. And Brian's like, why don't we keep like the center thing and have it like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh. So it wasn't just. Yeah. And I brought sandwiches. So it was good. Uh, No, but I think it is kind of good for people to hear that there's that collaborative Mm. thing and a considered thing. And I think that ultimately um yeah i think it comes back to that baptist model of, a, of mm. a priesthood of believers right we're not um a church that sort of has a, a papacy or something mm. you know um but yeah believe that the yeah spirit of god is in everybody mm. i think it's cool um for people to have a buy-in with something as a team yeah. and knowing that yeah the whole leadership team yeah. is brought into that i think um there's obviously a lot that's in store this year outside mm. of you know our first term yeah. series through hebrews uh what are some other things that you're really looking forward to as we wrap up today kind yeah. of looking into for the rest of this yeah. year so one book i'm really excited about unpacking jeremiah mm. that was when i
1: thought of the word steadfast at that time i was listening to jeremiah um like the audio bible Particularly the parts where he's thrown in the well and just like his, yeah, misery. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Like this misery of Jeremiah, he just keeps going. I was like, man, like that's a book about being steadfast. I think there's, yeah, what I love about Jeremiah, just get this rawness, like his first person perspective of being this Mm. prophet and just hating life. Yeah, (laughs) But then just, just keeps going. It's like, you know, I'm been thrown in the well, I'm up to like, up to my knees in mud, mm. can't move. Mm. I'm getting shipped down to Egypt when I'm telling them, don't go to Egypt, you're going to die, uh-huh. I'm shipped down here. Like he just, yeah, the guy suffered tremendously mm. that he's calling, but yeah, still yeah. kept prophesying. So that'll be a term to yeah. explanation. I'm excited about that. B- big one, excited about community gardens. Yeah, cool. um, yeah, one of the things that I'm acutely aware of, that's why we came up with the three Ps was that, if you don't play sport, like, yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah you kind of, it's a big chunk of what as we a, do. As a church member. Yeah, yeah, if as a church member. you don't play sport, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I've only really just joined a netball team this year. Yeah. So, like, last year, kind of a bit ad hoc. And so, I kind of understand the sporting part now. Mm. But if you don't play sport, like, oh. If you're not part of the men's shed, you can feel a bit disconnected. So, mm. part of that was like, well, how can we help people feel part of it? And so, that was part of mm. the Adopt-A-Team yeah. Like, oh, you know, even if you can't play a sport, pray for a team. Yeah. Just come to the cafe. Come hang out. Yeah. A big shout out to I should have done this on Sunday, I forgot, but Joy Edwards. Mm. She likes to know the name of all the staff members and she asked ask me who's that? I want to know that and she'll say, Hi, da 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 da, da. Yeah. I'm Joy, I'm from the church. And I was like, That's what we want. That's part of yeah. presence. Um, mm. and so that's a long winded way of saying the community garden I'm excited because I'm sure there's lots of people in my church who love gardening. And that's a part that they can something else that they can be part of yeah a um, bit like the hands and feet too there's a lot mm. of mem- members of our church who've joined that ministry who wouldn't have otherwise so mm. sort of was it kind of another kind of way for people to get involved and mm. particularly around here in drill a lot of retirement villages so mm. i'm sure there's a lot of elderly people who miss gardening and just yeah. be able to walk up the hill and yeah. Start, you know, growing their tomatoes and cucumbers and yeah. whatever
0: else, herbs. So, look, I know about that. even for me, just living in an apartment, you know, I know Emma's really missed having a garden. And mm. the reality is, man, you drive through North Kellyville, apartment's going up everywhere. Yeah. There's more and more people who just mm. don't have space to, yeah, grow things themselves. Yeah. So, no, I think no, it's really cool. And we've got the space.
1: That's the, like we have an enormous yeah. community garden up there. So, yeah, that's really excited about that. Um, cottage counseling starting. Mm. Just, yeah, just another tool. Um, yeah, a tool in the tool belt. Mm. And I think of the hands and feeters who encounter some pretty broken people and just to be able to say, hey, like, if you need to talk to someone mm. Fridays we have Kim here, mm. you can, yeah, even like a church member that's just struggling and doesn't want to talk to one of us or just someone's needs are beyond our yeah. capacity. Just yeah, we're not counsellors. like We are. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not a trained counsellor. Yeah, but, um, yeah. There's... My mum's a social worker. I often call her <laughs> <laughs> for like advice on things. Like, what should I do with this? Like, yeah. I have no idea what to do. I'm yeah. not trained in this. So, yeah. yeah so it's uh, just, and I feel God's put the big rocks in place, both from a church perspective and a business perspective. Mm. Like the team that I put in that booklet, really happy with. Mm. I think we're all called here. Mm. We all bring strengths and, yeah, just it, keen to see how God uses that. And so it's moving forward
0: together. I love that. Yeah, so good, so good. Mm. Well, as we wrap up today, we are kind of officially starting Hebrews this week. Mm. Um, yeah, what can we expect from, so, from um, Sunday? So I'm going to unpack Hebrew chapter, Hebrews 1 and 2. Because so
1: kind of doing like big yeah. chunks of chapters. So nice. chapter 1 sets up Jesus' supremacy, God's final revelation, and then how Jesus is superior to the angels. And then connecting it with Psalm 8 of how humanity, even though it's lower than the angels crowned with glory and honour mm. and every subjected to his feet i.e. Jesus and so how yeah Jesus is greater than that and that warning too of not drifting away so why he shows Jesus greater than the angels okay remember those angels they delivered Torah mm. and you listen to them we've got something greater here so don't drift away from that mm. and and then the then chapter 2 ends really so chapter 2 begins with a warning but it ends with that comfort like, Hey, you know, Jesus was tempted in all way like mm.
0: that's okay. Mm. Yeah. So it's good. okay. So it's you know, didn't sin. So it's good. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to this series, it'll be a lot of fun. I think that, uh, yeah, it's a very, uh, very um, verse, um, v- versatile is not the word, but varied. There's a lot of stuff mm. going on in it, like throughout the different chapters. So, I'm looking forward to mm. getting into it over the next couple of weeks. Well, mate, it's a pleasure to be back. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for the chat. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening, guys. See, see you with your listeners. Catch you on Sunday. <laughs> yeah.